Shalom. This is Ron Warren with Torah Life Ministries. Today's podcast covers the Ego and You Parts 1 to 4, and this is the fourth and last podcast on this subject. And we're going to cover the goal of the ego parents and God's goal for you. It will become your destiny. This starts with the question, what is the ego parent's goal? It is the mother eagle's duty to teach her eaglets to fly. The baby eaglets are in a nest and they do not know it yet, but they are eagles. They are different. Unlike other birds, eagles don't jump out from the nest and start flying. The mother shoves them off of a cliff, and the father swoops underneath them and saves them from crashing to the ground. And this process is done again and again until the young eagles learn to fly. And it's unacceptable for the young eagles to never learn to fly. Here's the question. What is God's goal and your destiny? Just like the parent eagle, God has convictions for his people and he will not stop until his children has learned those lessons. God takes us on a path of progressive sanctification as he smooths the rough edges in our lives. And we must submit to his leadership. We are God's kings and priests on this earth. We may not know it when we got saved, but we are different. It is written in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9, Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which has been given us in the Messiah Yeshua before the world began. Also take a look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20. It reads, For you were bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which is God's. What that's saying is we have a call from God to worship, witness, work, and withstand. And in that process, we learn a lesson. There is no other God's. There are men whose hearts have the spirit of the eagle within them, and it keeps them restless and out of touch with this world. Now, no other bird has the ability to fly the heights of an eagle. He is not a bird that flies with a flock or with other birds. He is alone in his conquest, and his purpose is single-minded. Other birds may call to him, but there is, there is something about the focus of the eagle that refuses to be swept up in the path of lesser birds. He pursues instinctively that which is in his heart. Likewise, there will be a time in your life that you will separate from people who cannot go where you are going. Now, this forces us to go through the storm. Most animals have been equipped by nature to sense the coming of a storm, but the eagle, because of its telescopic sight, can see the storm coming from a great distance. The eagle is a territorial bird. He will remain in his habitat until the first few drops of rain begin to fall. Now, the eagle has the ability to read the currents, and at the right moment, he jumps off and lets itself be carried by the strong wind. And it's his strong wings are specially designed to take the advantage of this air current and they can adapt very fast. The eagle, after finding the updraft in the air, circles higher and higher until it's actually above the storm, above the templates. 
He then will launch into flight and begin to ascend upward, upward, until he has broken the back of the storm and found its way to the sunlight above that storm. Now, some people think that the ferociousness of this storm is going to cause that beautiful eagle to fall. But just about the time when it looks like as if the eagle's not going to make it, he's going to and finally give up, what does that eagle do? Like we said in another podcast, the eagle is going to shift in the second gear, it's going to gain his second breath, and the eagle's going to fly above the storm. This forces a question. What happens to those who are not eagles? When the storm starts to approach, there's a tendency to run and hide. The winds are hard and fast and often destructive, but the eagle is challenged by the storm. For you, as the eagle, the storm can represent hardship or even a battle for survival or a difficult time. But the eagle has no fear. Neither should you. There is an upward call, the call of desire, the gnawing of hunger, the restlessness of the spirit. All of these things brings us to the heights that God desires for us to go. You know, storm comes in all shapes and forms to all of us. We can choose to run from them or face them in faith. The philosopher Emerson said, The wise man in the storm prays to God, not for safety from danger, but from the deliverance from fear. Only a grown-up ego can face that storm, and until then, it needs to look for protection. Now, there are some people who have some observers waiting for them to fall. We are in one of those numerous storms of light that we all encounter from time to time at this present time. But just about the time when you think you're going to fall and give up, guess what? In the last podcast, we tells you what we did. We shipped into our second gear. We got our second breath. Now, here comes the question. How? God had breathed upon you one more time and lifted you above the storm. You know, when our eagles were still in the nest and a storm arises, instead of facing the storm and taking off, the mother eagle stays and covers the nest to protect her eaglets with her own body. With her wings, she forms an umbrella over her young, and while at the same time holding fast with her claws to the edge of the nest, protecting them. Now, Psalm 36, verse 7, seems to bring this picture in mind, because it reads, Both high and low among men find refuge in the shadow of your wings. Now, here's the problem. The matter of perception. Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14 reads, Brethren, I count not myself to be apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto the things which are before, I press forward to the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Messiah Yeshua. As I said before, it's all a matter of perception, and perception is always 100%. There are great, the greatest men of medicine, business, and merchandise were men who struggled with oppositions until they were able to post their colors. Here's some examples. John Milton, 
on his way to becoming one of the world's most recognized poets, had to sell his copyright of A Paradise Lost for $72. Robert Louis Stevenson would battle with tuberculosis, but would write some of the classics of literature. William Shakespeare, on his way to becoming acknowledged as the greatest dramatist of all the ages, held horses at the door of a London theater for sixpence a day. Homer struggled with blindness, writing the Odyssey before almost reaching immortality among the philosophers and literary giants. John Bunyan cheered himself in a prison cell by making a flute out of his prison stool while writing Pilgrim's Progress and the Holy War. How about Helen Keller? Helen Keller struggled with her own obstacles of being both deaf and blind and turned these negative circumstances into positive access. And then you have Hanno. Hanno, paralyzed on his right side, all of his money gone. His creditors were going to imprison him, but he rebounded and composed the greatest of all his inspirations, Messiah. The Hallelujah Choruses were not born in a vacation condominium, but in a jail cell in Acts chapter 15. It's all of a matter of perception. Now, in spiritual life, it takes the course of struggles. Now, how do we handle the struggles? Allow me to give you two scriptures. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 17 and 18 reads, for our light affliction, which is for a moment, works for us a far more exceedingly and eternal weight of glory. While we look at the things which are seen, but not the, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. The second scripture comes from 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy is what is called Paul's last will and testament. He will die after this period of time. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 and 8 reads, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid upon me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not for me only, but unto all them also that love is appearing. The eagle who is built for the heights, is not content to stay on its earth. And it's all of a matter of perception. Perception is always 100%. Now, what kind of an eagle are you? Some of, some of you are in the nest. That makes you a baby believer. If you are a baby believer and you're still in the nest, enjoy it. Read your Bible. Pray. Come to services and enjoy the comforts of the nest. Why? Because there will come a time when God's going to stir your nest and you may wonder if God has forgotten you. But what God is doing is trying to strengthen you. No matter what you face, God will be there. Your nest will be stirred, but God will protect you. Learn to trust of him. Now some of you are being stirred in the nest. You are facing some burdens and hardships, and they are rough. Remember, you need to grow in the Lord. If he keeps you in the nest, you will never learn how to fly. 
and it's during these times that we prove to the world that there's a God. If that young eagle had not stirred out of its nest and never fell, he would never know the strength of his father or the love of its mother. God doesn't keep us in a nest, or like I said, we would never learn how to fly. Now, there are some of you who are falling, but you have, to be, you, you have been caught over and over again. As the young eagle would think about, well, as all of the little eagles could think about when he's falling on the rocks below is what it's going to feel like when it crash landed, that little, that little eagle didn't know that from the moment he started that fall, the father eagle never took his eyes off of him. Watch him as he flopped and tumbled his way to earth, and just when he needed, the mo needed him the most, the father would swoop down and lift him up. Now, why would these parents do that to these young eagles? It's for their own good. It's the only way to get these eagles to become strong and mature. God never leaves his own. Like the mother eagle, God teaches us his ways and protects us from all of the enemies and nurtures and loves us. Now, how about the eagle and that upward call? You know, some men never understand the power of the upward call. They live their lives, but becomes marked by a lack of purpose. Their years bring age, but very little maturity. Their mind becomes weak because there's nothing ever stretches it. Their heart gives way to becoming dull, lacking vision and passion. You know, when you think of the word derelict, we often think of the misfits of society. We think about the man whose alcohol has ruined his life and his home and unable to curb his desire for drugs. But that was not the original meaning. The word derelict is an old Latin word that gives the connotation of abandonment or to be utterly forsaken. And it had a very special reference to that of an abandoned ship that found its way into the open seas. It floated recklessly about and found the path of a merchant ship. And in a violent wreck, both ships would be lost. A derelict ship was the one that had a built-in danger of destroying itself and any other that came near it. Though there are some who never responded to the upward call of God, and because of this, they became derelict in the spirit and attitude and became a wreckage on their lives and those about them. You want some examples? Take a look at Lot. Lot wanted a pasture more than he wanted the things of God. Take a look at Gazazai, Elisha's servant. He wanted what a seeming very strong security of material things and the prestige that was connected to this world. How about Ananias and Sapphira? They wanted to carve out a niche of norality in the early congregation by a wicked means. You know, the foundational scriptures we started with last week uh, closes with these words which, as I mentioned before, is Deuteronomy 32, verse 11 and 12. It closed with these words. So the Lord alone did lead them, and there was no strange God with them. There are some people who are praying for revival, but it will not come without change. 
Revival does not come before there is remorse, repentance, and restitution. Now, after this is accomplished, restoration will come. And with restoration comes revival. Now, if God is stirring your nest, or if you're in flight training, embrace that change. You are in renewal. Embrace it. Why? Because when God touches you, your life will never be the same. This is the end of the series of the Ego and You podcast, and I hope they have been a blessing to you. Shalom. Until the next podcast. And if this teaching has been a blessing to you, you might consider subscribing to the Anchor podcast platform and to our Life Ministries website. You can do this at www.torlifeministry.com. Until then, Ron has left the building.